This is Keep It 100, a podcast from Spotswood Creative that is designed to keep it real and honest about worship practices in the 21st century. We want to help you work through those issues like choosing worship songs, leading as a volunteer, worship stereotypes, worship conflicts, and figuring out if the theology is right in that song you just love or if you should just put it away. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Keep It 100. It has been a minute, and we apologize for this. So one of my New Year's resolutions, which, Tyler, I didn't tell you this, (laughs) is to revive the Keep It 100 podcast and be consistent with it. Um, We had some staff transition back in, in June, July with Bailey. She took another job down in South Carolina, um, and we miss her. So, Bailey, if you're listening to this, we miss you. Hope you're having a, a wonderful time back in the beautiful state, the great state of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tyler, Tyler hates hearing about the state of South Carolina. That's not true. That's not not true. It's it's not to derail us from the start. <laughs> it's it's just I don't dislike them talking about South Carolina. It's just I'm from Ohio, and for some reason, Ohio's the the tail end. It's the butt of everyone's jokes. And I'm like, have y'all ever been to Indiana? It's <laughs> or, or Pennsylvania? Yeah. Be careful. We got people in our church that are from no, Pennsylvania. No, I know, but they've agreed with me. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, I, I I get it. I think the reason. Let's just stay in this hole for a second. There's there, the reason <laughs> that everybody struggles with the state of Ohio from that's from the state of South Carolina is you guys invade space. That's true. Okay? We do move everywhere but Ohio. Uh, but Ohio. And for whatever reason, you always make your way to the places in South Carolina where South Carolinians want to go. So we used to have things like Hilton Head. We used to have things like Charleston. We used to have things like Pauly's Island. We used to have things like Edisto Beach. Now when you go to those places, Ohio tags everywhere. Y'all have figured out that there's more to South Carolina other than Myrtle Beach. You figured it out. <laughs> And it drives us insane. We don't have anything that's ours anymore. And I guess technically yeah. I can't say ours because I don't live there anymore. But it's just painstaking that I we mean, can't go to our family seafood restaurant without <laughs> having to wait behind 22 Ohioans. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, uh, we'll finish this conversation. But I, I do admit we we tend to move everywhere but Ohio. I mean, I I know that there's like a sports bar restaurant type thing that's specifically for Ohio State fans <laughs> in the state of Colorado, in Denver. <laughs> it is an Ohio State Buckeye themed sports bar and grill. <laughs> and it's just like, wow, there must be plenty of Ohio people living there. It's if, just if it, it's getting enough business. To it's do just that. an Applebee's where the apple is not an <laughs> apple. It's just an Ohio State O. And they all retire in Florida and probably South Carolina. Yes, they I, do. I get it. Anyway, anyway, worship. Pull pull us out of pull us out of this hole because we could talk about that for an hour, Tyler. Go Bucks! I'm sad they lost. But yeah, go Bucks. sorry, sorry, anyway. sorry. Okay, sad day. Um, all right. So, uh, we are in Worship War Three. We're talking about uh, emotional, uh, uh, emotion driven worship, music, musical soundness, uh, musical excellence driven worship, and uh, theologically sound driven worship. Yep. 
Um, and so the first, the good, bad, and ugly that we're going to tackle today in this in this trifecta war, right? <laughs> There's three sides to this war. Uh, we're going to talk about the theologically sound worship. Now, I, I want to be really clear about what we're talking about because you can't see uh, my body language. You can't see the air quotes that I'm making with my hands when I say theologically sound. Imagine me putting big old quotation marks around that word, theologically sound. And usually when somebody says that, they're saying that tongue-in-cheek, right? Whenever they yeah. do the air quotes. Yeah, yeah. So that uh, there's a little bit of tongue-in-cheek I'm here. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> and you can, you can kind of picture what I'm doing um, there. So I, I put that there because um, it, I, I, I don't want I, I to get you off from the beginning thinking, is Pastor Josh saying that? That we shouldn't have any theological soundness in our work. No, 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 no. I'm actually saying the opposite. I'm, I'm saying we should have it. Um, the the camp that I'm talking about today, the the quote unquote theologically sound worship camp, um, is 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 a camp that 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 uses the that word theolog those words theologically sound, um, almost as a weapon. They mm-hmm. weaponize it, mm-hmm. and but but when you when you challenge them on it, they typically don't have scripture to back up what they're saying. So let's dive into this. Um, what is theologically sound worship? Um, typically, this crew wants to know that that their worship songs um, are inspired by scripture in some way, shape, or form. Not mm-hmm. not somebody's interpretation of scripture, but uh, like actual scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, is there enough scripture to back up the song slash the service style, so on and so forth? Um, but there's some things that typically creep up that, that can be a little a little iffy with this crew. Um, a lot of times if they really don't like what happened musically, they will say that they're going to, or they'll, they'll decide that they're going to pick it apart theologically. Um yeah, and and that can be as simple as you know we talk about we have we have two different service styles at our church. That could be someone who's more driven towards traditional orchestra choir driven stuff, and they don't like um, anything that's modern or contemporary um, feeling. So that might be like uh, maybe there's maybe there's a modern spin on "Be Thou My Vision," and for some reason they don't they don't like it because of the modern spin, but they say theologically sound. That's an extreme example. It might not be a real example, but. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I can give you an example. Um, there's a a a song from like the like 2013, I think. Uh, oh, come to the altar. Yeah, right. Oh, come to the altar. Worship. Yep. Yep. It, it it was inspired by the hymn "Just as I Am." Okay. Same theme, not the exact same words, but but like if you if you look at it verse by verse, conceptually like, it's the same. Conceptually it's the same. It's just a modern ver. It, it's a it's a mo- it's not a modernized version of just as i am it is a is a new song that is very similar to just as i am mm-hmm. thematically the scriptures that inspired it the same so on and so forth mm-hmm. but there are people that would say would say just as i or um uh, uh come to the altar come to the altar is not theologically sound but just as i am is simply because it fits a certain instrumentation that they like and when you ask okay well what's What's not quote unquote theologically sound about it, mm-hmm. and and they just stare at you with a blank, blank stare. Well, I'll have to go look up some scripture, and I'll I'll get back to you on that. And then like a year and a half passes, and then you bring it up again, and they they still don't have a scripture to back up their position. Yeah, that's a really good example. Um, 
So I, I just want I want you to know from the get go what we're talking about here when we talk about quote unquote theologically sound worship. It's just a phrase that is flippantly thrown around, mm-hmm. um, and it really, I, I guess today really Tyler is more about dealing with another issue completely, and it's campism. Mm-hmm. Okay, campism, which. Uh, it, it's one of those it's it's an issue it, to me it's a it's a it's a root issue it's like it's like it this is campism is what is causing this war so explain what what you define as campism okay so campism campism um campism is where you identify you choose to identify with a certain approach theologically and Instead of like being open to hearing other people's position, you ask the question: Does this line up with my camp? Does this line up yeah. with the with the people that I associate with? Yeah. So many of us probably have heard uh, the term theological camp. I I land in this theological camp, and that's what Josh is talking about. Yeah. So and, like like Calvinism is a theological camp. Yeah. Um, um, Wesleyan or Arminianism type. Theology is a theological camp, mm-hmm. right? Um, a, a long time ago, I shouldn't say a long time ago, still today, um, you could consider denominations camps. Yeah. Um, and and it's like, well, if it's not like it, I, I have some friends that are Pentecostal. If it's not if, if it's not a Pentecostal pastor, I'm not listening to it. Yeah. Hold, hold a sec. Hold, wait. Just wait. You don't know that what's going to come out of that person's mouth is theologically incorrect. Yeah, I could you're, disagree with your theological view. Yeah, you're you're making your mind. You're you're having a preconceived notion that because they come from a different background that you disagree with every single thing that they say. So you're not going to listen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that's really dangerous. So so campism, we want to be careful not to get so involved, quote unquote, in our camp that we we don't actually use the Bible to decide whether something is correct mm-hmm. or incorrect. Yep. Um. So yeah, that's what I mean by campism. So, um, an example. Tyler, I'll give you an example. We're going to dive into the actual discussion of this in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, an example of this. Um, I, this is what I have typed up here. It says, "I heard uh, Stephen Furtick help write this song." Well, I heard he's a prosperity gospel preacher. We can never do songs by his organization ever again. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because, I mean, like our church, we're not a prosperity gospel church. So I've heard. So I've heard. No, I'm kidding. We we aren't. <laughs> we are not. Pastor Drew, we're not. We're just kidding. Um uh but that that is a that is a tone of campism. Like that's that that is he doesn't fall in our camp, so that means we can't. Mm. Well We gotta be careful of that. Yeah, like I mean, most of the hymns in the Southern Baptist hymnal weren't written by Southern Baptists. Like and it's just it's just odd. Um, well, and we, we got to be careful of the fact, like, so who told you what camp Stephen Furtick or whoever yep. lands in? Did you listen to that person yourself? Did you experience that yourself? Are you doing the research? Are you just taking the one comment you heard from the one person that one time and then, and then creating a whole, really just a branched off mindset from that, from literally from one comment? It's, it's almost like... 
It's um, almost like go ahead. Okay, so uh, we talked. We talked a couple podcasts ago. We we read. We kind of skimmed through an article called like uh, ten worship songs we should stop doing. Yeah. Are you reading one article from one person who maybe you respect? Maybe you've read several articles by this person and you respect what they have to say, and you're creating a whole your own theological doctrinal uh, um, camp, I guess. Are you referencing the article that we we the ten the ten yeah yeah yeah. Uh, 10 songs that you shouldn't be doing in your yeah. church or whatever it was that we did a couple but, months yeah, back. Yeah, but are you taking one thing and blowing it out of proportion without doing your own proper research? Right. Yeah, no, that's 100% correct. It's it's almost like it's it's almost like a trying to put the right words to it cuz I don't I, I don't want to I don't want to say something that's going to sound like my foot's stuck in my mouth <laughs> <laughs> because it, it, this argument can quickly go that way if you aren't careful. Sure. But it's almost like you have chosen to identify a certain group of people's authority, quote-unquote authority on Scripture, as enough that you don't have to do any work yourself. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's it's like, oh, if, which I, I, I liked some of John Piper's stuff. Is, well, John Piper said this. I don't need to research it. He knows what he's talking about. Um, so pretty much whatever comes out of his mouth, I line up with. And, and, and if there's anybody that he disagrees with, I disagree with them too. Yeah. Yeah. You and I kind of talked about this earlier, but I am a firm believer. Um, and I'll use our pastor as an example, our senior pastor. So if pastor Drew says and teaches something on Sunday morning, I respect his opinion and I respect his, his theological background. And I agree with probably 99.9% of what he says. But we should be mature enough as Christians that we research that stuff on our own. I shouldn't just take his word as gospel. I should take the gospel and the Bible as gospel. Yes. But I should be far enough along. They're like, I've never heard that before. Let me research that and back it up. Or if I disagree with something, I should be able to go to scripture and find out why I disagree. So, so here's the, so here's, here's the, the point then. Have you witnessed? What you claim as fact, have you mm-hmm. witnessed that, or has your camp claimed it as fact, so you are just going along with it? Yeah, and that's dangerous. It's very dangerous. And this, quote-unquote, theologically sound worship crew, they do this a lot, okay, a lot. Now, I'm, I'm going to start using some artist names. Um, pretty much every artist that we're going to talk about today, pretty much... We use them in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to use this as an example. I, I with the with Keith and Kristen Getty. Okay. I grew up on Keith and Kristen Getty. In Christ Alone, is awesome stuff. You know, I, I, it's good. Classic. It's it's good. But what I have found with a lot of folks that listen to their stuff and use their stuff is like if it's not them or or Sovereign Grace. They want nothing to do with it. Well, mm-hmm. why? Why? Yeah. Why? Why do you want nothing to do with it? Well, it's because I know that it's theologically sound. I agree that, that it's theologically sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we will use it. We'll use it. Like, we're doing Rejoice. We're doing uh, Christ the True and Better. We're doing, um, uh, oh, there's another one off their new album. It's fantastic. It's the one with, uh, Rejoice is the one with the Red Collective guy. But anyway, we're we're doing some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I I guess what I get what I get concerned with is like 
what happens if, God forbid, legitimately, God forbid, in a year or so, Keith and Kristen Getty put out something that's not theologically correct, but you've been backing them for so long and, and you've committed that they're the only ones that are correct. Or, or it, they're married, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just want to assume that I did not. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. They're, they're married. Did not want to assume. Beautiful brother family. And sister. Yeah. Beautiful family. What if they get divorced? Right. I pray that doesn't happen. And it seems like they're on a good track of that not happening. But what if something out of the blue happens? Yeah. What if they get divorced? Is all their music void? Right. Yeah. Can you not do in Christ alone ever again? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, but well, so so that that leads us to another another uh, part of this discussion mm-hmm. is with with the campism stuff is this canceling of of groups mm-hmm. and organizations and people because of of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Y'all, we can't be part of cancel culture. We can, I see secular groups eating their own. The church has to be better than that. We cannot eat our own when they screw up. So, so can I give you, can we talk about an example there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Once again, all these groups that we're talking about here at Spotswood, we use them in some way, shape, or form, or we have used them in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And one day we may not use their stuff. We, we will determine that for our body, what's best for them. Um, when that, when and if that time comes. But for right now, for the sake of this discussion, we're, we're going to bring up two other groups. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, Hillsong. Everybody and their brother that's in within that serves on a regular basis at a church. If you haven't heard about the Hillsong debacle that happened, what six eight months ago, whatever it was, yeah, um, or or like the release of it six eight months ago with the whole documentary and everything, you've been living under a rock, right? So, so Hillsong. Don't want to dive into the the weeds up too much. Basically, there's some cover up of some abuse, so on and so forth, and basically their senior pastor is no longer their senior pastor anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a camp of people that is calling, like calling for, calling for this to be like the end of Hillsong. Like that you should have, you should never. Can you imagine, Tyler? Can you imagine a church without shout to the Lord? No. Like a modern church today. Um, can you imagine a church without the potter's hand? Can you imagine a church without King of Kings? Can you imagine our church, like our church hymnal is what I'm talking about. Yes, you can imagine the church without it. But like, can you imagine our church songbook without uh, What a Beautiful Name? Um, mm-hmm. I think about the song Hosanna that came out, uh, a, a song that people probably don't even remember, Desert Song. Like there, there yeah. are all these songs that are incredible. And that's worship just like songs. one of their like four or five groups. Yeah, really. That's that's Hillsong Worship, and then they have Hillsong United, Hillsong Young and Free. Yeah, and it's like ah, we're going Yes, these people did something real dumb. This group of people, a few, and I cannot just wipe out the entire work body of work. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like that's like saying, okay, David had an affair. I guess we got to pluck the whole book of Psalms out. Like, I, I. You know Moses murdered somebody, so we can't use the book of Exodus. And that's Romans three twenty three for all for all have sinned. But but the problem with this camp is for all have sinned except them. Yep. And and that is a problem. That's scary. That's a scary posture. We're gonna talk about posture in a minute. Yeah. Okay. Um. Because this camp, uh, the, one of the thing, one of the things that I've heard recently is, uh, you know, that, well, let's cancel Hillsong, but then. 
okay, what groups do you want to do? Okay, I'm fine, fine with this. Here's another group we do stuff with. Um, Sovereign Grace. Mm-hmm. We did All Creatures of Our God and King. I love this version of All Creatures of Our God and King. We did it at Easter. Mm-hmm. Sovereign Grace back in things like 2013, 2015, something like that. They had they had a scandal of themselves, and there's still some question marks out there about that scandal. Mm-hmm. But this sa- the same group of people that's wanting to cancel Hillsong. You know, we aren't going to cancel Sovereign Grace, though, because their stuff is so rock solid. Mm-hmm. Well, tell me what's rock solid about it. Well, scripturally, it lines up, I agree with, but some of the Hillsong stuff scripturally lines up perfectly. Why can't, mm-hmm. why can't we use that? Was, but, but look at what they're saying. But your camp has that association, too. Yeah. You cannot do for one and not do for the other. And, and and I'm not saying that we don't call out sin. I'm not saying that we don't point oh, out. Oh, absolutely. You should do it. It needs but to be what, addressed. It needs to be addressed, but I don't know that we delete what I believe is Holy Spirit-inspired works, Scripture-inspired works, because of someone's mistake. Because if, if that's the case, Bro, we're just gonna be ripping him after him after him after him out of the bi- or out of the Bible, out of the hymnal, <laughs> out of the Bible, out of the hymnal, right? Like we're just yeah. gonna keep ripping them out, and because every single one of these people are flawed. Tyler, you're flawed. I'm flawed. Oh, 100 percent. I'm sure I've done something today. <laughs> I know I've done something today. Like I, 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 we are incapable of not screwing up. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard a wise man once say, um, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. But I, I think I think what this culture, what this 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 camp has done is they they look at it, it with this such pessimistic view. Mm-hmm. But the bathwater's diluted. The bathwater is not clean anymore. I shouldn't say diluted. The 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 bathwater's contaminated. Yeah. It's contaminated. We gotta throw it all out. Mm-hmm. But you're dealing with with depraved, sinful creatures, and the only thing good about them is the Holy Spirit that filled them. Yep. At some point, at some point, you have to you have to step back and say, "No, wait a second. We can't just continuing continually cancel, cancel, mm-hmm. cancel." So I, I just think we I think we we need to be careful of that. So let, let's talk about the good, bad, and ugly. We've talked about this camp. And we've already started touching on some of the bad and ugly. But let's talk about the good. Let's talk about the good. <laughs> the good. Here's what I love about this camp. And Tyler, I want you to want you to chime in here as well. Words matter to this camp. Yep. Um, this camp struggles with the seven eleven songs. Mm-hmm. You know, they struggle with the they struggle with a song like from the from the hymnal, Glorify Thy Name. Mm-hmm. They 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 agree with it, but they struggle with it because it's like, okay, we've said that enough. What else? Why are we glorifying his name? Yeah. And I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that they want to dig deeper into the why and the what. Mm-hmm. Um, and to clarify to everybody, what Josh means by 7-11 songs is seven words 11 times. It's yes. kind of the joke in contemporary Christian yes. worship. Um, intent matters. Which this is this is more difficult. I agree that this camp does believe that intent matters. It's difficult because it's hard to judge a person's intent unless they come out and say what specifically their intent is. Right. So but you almost have to glean the intent from the words. 
Tyler, will you explain? We've talked about gleaning before. Can will you explain to to the listeners what you mean by gleaning? Yeah. So, um, you know, we talk about um, it's uh, Ruth, right? So we talk about Ruth and Boaz. He left the extra wheat out so that people could glean and basically they could pull from the harvest to what they could, right? And that might be an oversimplification, but it's it's basically God allowing us to take the not the leftovers but we're allowed we're allowed to take some benefit whether it's um emotional spiritual you know whatever facet we're allowed to take that benefit for ourselves so an example of glean a modern day example of gleaning when you go to a conference like passion right you're really gleaning at passion's field you cannot base your entire ministry and your entire belief system off of a 48-hour experience at, at a passion conference. Oh, yeah. You're taking little bits and pieces and saying, okay, I'm going to take this back, and I'm going to see how this applies to my life. Yeah. I'm taking this back, and I'm going to see how it applies. Okay, when I get back and I, I've taken what I've gleaned, the little bit that I got from mm-hmm. this, yeah, it was this incredible experience, but you're not live on that. You're not going to live in the field the yeah, whole time, yeah, right? yeah. You're you're gonna go back and you're gonna analyze you're gonna analyze these little fragments that you take back and decide mm-hmm. if they're useful or not. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way we have to start looking at at these other quote unquote other camps. They aren't completely they don't lack worth. Right. And and they're I, not they're not all wrong. Right. They if, may not be all right. Yeah. But they're not all wrong, and they, but but you're in that boat too. That's yep. where one place you can find a similarity with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, should, I, I say you as if I'm. Ta- I mean, I, I'm talking to myself here sometimes too. So the the intent matters, and you got to be careful about judging somebody's intention. Fi- a prime example: somebody brought up one time. You know, we we did the song called "Rest on Us," which is about the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? Um, the banger. It's a great song. Mm-hmm. Um. But it was written by a, a, a more Pentecostal group. Mm-hmm. We were Southern Baptist Church, and somebody said, "Well, what was the intention of what they wrote there? Were they, you know, calling down the Holy Spirit to stir them up and speak in tongues?" So I said, "Well, you don't know that. Yes, yeah. they're Pentecostal, but you don't know that. Um, you're in, you're inferring that. Yeah. And to me, to know it, you have to have a conversation with somebody. If you're not willing to have that conversation, then." Then don't do the song. Um, or if you're willing to use the words and let them uh, and, and let them work for your situation, then do that. Mm-hmm. But just don't make a big stink about it and 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 try to mar their reputation in the process. Yeah, it's okay to be cautious. Yeah, but let's not drag other people down in the process. Um, another good thing about the theologically sound worship camp. Um, is uh, hermeneutics matter, Joshua? For our non-seminary folks, could you explain hermeneutics, please? Uh, yeah, context, S- scriptural interpretation, right? Yes, yeah, it's, it's con. It's it's looking at a scripture and looking at the scripture around it mm-hmm. to f- define its true meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the problem with hermeneutics. It's hermeneutics is not solely devoted to Southern Baptist. Mm-hmm. Hermeneutics is not solely devoted to uh, Presbyterians. It's not solely devoted to Methodists. It's not solely devoted to 
Pentecostals or um, the umpteen other denominations out there. It's not devoted to anyone. It's devoted to Scripture. Mm -hmm. And hermeneutical practices are there for you to decide what did God mean when he said this. Mm -hmm. So you look at context. You look at the Scripture around it. You look at the time frame in which it was written. You look at the historical elements. And and you use all of those things to create an educated. Some guys are going to disagree disagree with me on this, but I I feel like this is correct. You make an educated guess at what the intention was. Yeah, because you can only you can you can't know for sure everything. You have to infer some things based on context. Yes, and there's a big piece that most people that that try to interpret scripture miss. You're not God. Yeah. And there and is I, always that piece. There's always that piece. You're not God. So you you cannot say for a fact that your interpretation of a scripture is 110% correct. Only God can say it cuz he wrote it. Mm-hmm. Right? So hermeneutics matter to this crowd. Uh so when they're they're looking at a song, you know, uh there, there are some, there are some people who struggle with Jeremiah twenty nine eleven because people misinterpret what that scripture actually means. We're not diving into whole, all that, but there are people who struggle. That's why. So somebody that, uh, you know, that uh, is of this camp may look at Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, a song written based on Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. You know, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you. Well, and it's a whole song built off of prosper mm-hmm. and prosperity. They they may say, hey, listen, I, I think your intentions are good, but from a hermeneutic standpoint, that's not correct. And I and I do have to tip my 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 cap to this crowd on that. Mm-hmm. That's that's a smart thing. Mm-hmm. That's a wise thing. Um, and and the final the final thing in this little little blip here about what's good is is scripture matters to them. Mm-hmm. They want to be able, honestly be able to say that all of their music. That they that they worship to is backed up by scripture. Now, the problem with that is they get so used to saying that statement that they start throwing that around when they don't know if it's actually if it's actually scripturally sound or not. Sure. They just say if they don't like it, they'll say, "Well, it's not theologically correct," you know, yeah. and that's a problem. So uh, that gets us into the bad, a pitfall. I, I would rather call it a pitfall of theologically sound worship camp. Um, a lot of this camp flippantly use the words "that's not theologically sound" without backing it up. Yeah. So what what we mean by that is someone comes up says I don't like that song. You say why? They say it's not theologically sound. You respond, well, what's not theologically sound about it? And they can't necessarily give an answer. Right. And and I'll give an I'll give an example of this. So so there are some churches with what a beautiful name, uh the second verse where it says uh you didn't want heaven without us. Okay. There's nowhere in Scripture where that is said. Mm-hmm. And to this this camp's credit, they're not wrong about that. Mm-hmm. I also feel like the heart of God infers that if he sent his son to die for us on the cross, his one and only son, he sent him to die on the cross for us, then he... Yes, he wanted to glorify himself first and foremost, but there had to be some sort of fatherly love for his children mm-hmm. there. So it's it's not an incorrect lyric. It's just a little off a little off base, maybe. Sure. But there are some churches that have completely changed um 
completely change those lyrics because they they did that because there 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 are people out there saying that the song's just completely unbiblical. You have no rival, you have no equal. Down forever, Lord, you reign. I mean, like, I will say, I'm not. I'm personally not opposed to changing a lyric of a song mm-hmm. to to. I guess it's not really a comfort thing, but it's like I think this is like 99% there. I'm going to change this one lyric because it fits the theology of our church, and and then you don't have mobs coming after you, right? Um, and if it works, it works. Yeah. So so that the group that did that, the the people that have changed that like one lyric. Although it's not completely contrary to scripture, I don't think that lyric. Yeah. I I I understand why they did it. Mm-hmm. The pitfall comes in is when you do it and you don't tell people why. Yeah. And you just say just trust me. It's right. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. where in scripture is it? Oh, I I don't I'll get back to you on that. I just need you to trust me. Mm-hmm. Now, here here's in our culture right now, a big thing is gaslighting. Mm-hmm. Okay? You, Pastors, and I'm talking to me here, okay? I'm talking to me here. Um, we can't gaslight our congregations. If we're going to say something is not theologically sound, we need to have scripture that says why. Mm-hmm. And when it says why, God spoke through his word. There's your why. That's good enough. Mm-hmm. But don't just say it's not theologically sound, man. Yeah. And then and and just expect them to blindly follow you. Mm. Okay. If anything, that going back to the Hillsong debacle, right? Um, with the scandal and all that kind of stuff, that kind of stuff has ruined that for for us pastors. Mm-hmm. People in our culture today are not entitled, like, like like you are not entitled for them just to trust you just because they said so. Yep. Because you say so. So so we we need to, and I'm ta- once again talking to myself, we gotta quit, we gotta stop saying something if we're gonna throw those words, that's not theologically sound out there. We need to have our scripture in our back pocket saying, and here's why. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a big ask. Yeah. I don't think that's a big ask. I think that's a fair ask. Um because we- otherwise you're you're potentially gaslighting your congregation. Yeah. Well, and we should be theologically checking our songs. Before we put them out to our church, that should just if you're not if you're a worship leader listening to this and that's not a part of your routine, do not, it. You're not double checking it uh, theologically with a fine tooth comb and having your senior pastor check it. You, I don't know. You could set yourself up for failure at some point. Oh yeah, I mean you you may inadvertently and I, and I think it's fair to say that too. It's not intentional. Yeah, but the lack of intention may may. It's kind of like choosing not to shepherd. Yeah. Like, okay, I got the title. Now I don't have to do anything to protect my flock. Like, yeah, that, that's not, that's not good. Um, does that make sense, Tyler? Like it, it's, I it's, think a, so. it, it's, we, we've got to quit flippantly throwing this phrase around, mm-hmm. uh, in the same sense, uh, that's not theologically sound. Uh, we typically use that to just disqualify people. Like if we if we don't like them, <laughs> or we don't like uh, if 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 they garner attention that we wish we had. Mm. Man, I you know I just listen to that sermon. I just oh man, I don't know. I just can't. I can't get on board with that. Yeah. I, 
or if they have one song that may not be great theologically. Um, you know, I think, I think it's wise for us to understand. We could have the highest seminary degree. We could have three doctorates and three different facets of theology. I think we're all going to get to heaven and realize, you know, I didn't have that quite right. You could have the most cohesive, coherent, systematic theology. It all seems to work together fairly well, and we're going to get to heaven, and we're going to be like, dang, I was off. Yeah, my, the, the man-made system, system is systematic, right? Mm-hmm. The man-made system that, that was created, the flaw in it was man. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Tyler and I talked about this earlier. They're seeing when it comes to to God, he is king and he is all powerful in, in all complete control. And in many ways, this is just pure domination. Mm-hmm. The problem with that word deno- or denomination, <laughs> the problem ah. with that word domination is we are viewing that word as if God was was human first and he became God through dominating. Mm. We're viewing but but we're missing that his goodness, his mercy, his wrath, all of it just in existence is so big and so great and so extravagant mm-hmm. that it and it's beyond our comprehension that that it, that it that that in and of itself is dominating. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to make himself dominating. Right. He doesn't <laughs> He doesn't rule I guess this is what I'm trying to say. He doesn't rule with an iron fist. He is an iron fist. Mm. Yeah, I mean we we were talking about how when we view the word domination, when we view it through a human lens because we are human, we see domination through effort, through aggression, and through force. Yeah. But those things either don't mean anything to God or they mean different things. For example, God doesn't have to show effort. He's God. God doesn't have to show aggression. He shows wrath, but I don't know if I see that from an aggressive, like, we think of domination, or at least I do, through the lens of, like, a rough and tough. A warrior. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, just some guy who's rough and tough and doesn't pull up with anybody's crap you know yeah i'm sorry if that's a bad word to say on a christian podcast um but uh it's just so it's it we view that from a human through a human lens and god just doesn't work in the same way that we perceive it i I really feel like c.s lewis said it best in 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 the lion witch wardrobe Mm -hmm. where he was describing aslan which aslan is the god character right yeah and he said, it, when, when Aslan's like walking off, um, Tumnus, Mr. Tumnus says something along the lines of, um, to, to, what's the little girl's character name? Uh, is it Lucy? Lucy. Says, uh, she's like, where's he going? And, 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 you know, she's worried about what the world's going to be like without Aslan. And she said, well, he's, and T- Mr. Tumnus says something along the lines of he's, he is a wild lion, mm. but he's good. Mm-hmm. And he's both and. He he is fully lion. He is fully lamb. He is fully, uh, in terms of Jesus, he's fully human and he's fully God. He's 
he is both Prince of Peace and he is both Mighty God, or and, and he is Mighty God. He's all of these things in a way that that is far beyond our comprehension, mm-hmm. and we look at it like it, as if. If I'm going to win something, I have to dominate and I have to control and I have to manipulate and I have to break. Mm-hmm. God can dominate and not break. Mm-hmm. God can dominate and break. God can just God. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's, that's where this camp loses me a little bit is it's almost like, it has to be their definition sure. of what God is. Yeah. Not the Bible's definition, their definition, their interpretation, their lens. Yeah. Like if I hand Tyler my glasses and say, this is the way you should see. I'd be blind. Right. And, and that's because I'm blind, not because Josh is. And that's not to say that, and that's not to say that my glasses are wrong. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I just think this, this camp, that that's where they lose me. Is it, it's 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 really solely based around them. They tend to strong arm you. Yeah, tend to. That doesn't apply to everybody, but generally. And and I think one more word of caution in this pitfall um, about disqualifying people and artists and and groups without proof. Um, pastors, theologians, uh, ministers, lay leaders, uh, just be careful about the statement, quote-unquote, theologically sound. Because the second you start using that and, and you've built trust with people, when you use it and you don't apply Scripture right after it, mm-hmm. most, most people are not going to touch it with a 10-foot pole because, because you said it and they trust you. Mm-hmm. So I want to caution you, if you don't know something for a fact, like you, you don't have the scripture to completely back it up. Don't use the words theologically sound. Maybe say this instead. You know, those lyrics make me a little uncomfortable. I would like to go research some scripture to see where that's said. Mm-hmm. And then let me get back to you. That's a better statement. than that's not theologically sound when you don't really know it. Well, and that's in that, in, in that, in that scenario that you're kind of naming, it, it seems like it's attacked. Well, whether this is the intention or not, I think what happens is you say that about a song by a group, and because of that, the person's reaction is to dismiss the group as a whole so yes. they, don't, they don't run into that scenario again. Yes. Um, instead of, again, I don't think we have all, like, I don't think I have all my theology right. I don't know where I'm wrong, but I'm sure I'm going to find out someday. Um, but I, I, I'm just, I'm cautious about dismissing a song by a group and, and in turn, and as a result, we dismiss the group entirely. Mm. So that's, that's why I get cautious with the, the pitfalls. Yeah. You just, you just gotta be care. I, I guess what I'm, what I'm calling for is care, mm-hmm. care for the person and careful. Mm-hmm. Just be careful. Um. In regard to the ugly of the, quote unquote theologically sound worship this camp and and just a quick reminder when we're talking about this group I'm putting quotes around theologically sound I'm not saying that it's bad to be theologically sound it is good to be theologically sound mm-hmm. what I'm saying is is like there's a camp that it just throws this these words around flippantly without thinking yeah 
Um, uh, the, this group, in an effort to be correct, often takes the posture of the Sanhedrin. And Tyler asked me when we were talking about this, asked me to explain that when we talked about it. So when I'm talking about the Sanhedrin, I'm talking about the the elite of the elite uh, Jewish priests, mm-hmm. the the Pharisees, right? Um, these folks typically were so devoted to their interpretation of the law that it stripped them of their uh, of their decency. Mm. It stripped them of their care. It stripped them of their honestly. It was the most dignified lack of dignity mm. described in Scripture, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, they, they were not gracious people. No. And, and they were wealthy. They had everything that they needed. And they, they, they looked at certain groups because they were their interpretation of Torah allowed them to look at them a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, their posture is one of hubris and, and haughtiness. I think that the theologically sound worship camp a lot of times demonstrates themselves in a similar way. I'm not going to say the exact same way. I don't think that's fair mm-hmm. to <laughs> demonize them to the point that I compare them to, directly compare them to the people, the, the literal physical people present that crucified our Lord. You know, I'm, I, don't, I don't know that that's, that's exactly fair. <laughs> but I do see similarities. Yeah. And, and the reason I say I see similarities is because I've been a part of that group before. And I, I, I had to come to the conclusion that there are parts about me that looked more like Caiaphas and less like Jesus. Yeah. And I had to honestly assess myself, assess that, um, and, and realize that my attitudes and my takes and my, my speech demonstrated hubris more than humility. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, y'all, if you're a Christian, we live under the law of grace. That doesn't mean we shouldn't fight sin. That doesn't mean we shouldn't call out and address sin. But we live under grace, and we need to be more willing to give grace from our peop- to our people, um, even if they technically land in a different camp. Um, I think, like I, like I said earlier, we're so quick. We're just as quick as secular culture to cancel people, to discard them, to to eat them. That's what I say. We, we eat our own. Yes. And that scares me. Um, that scares me long-term because <laughs> old, old reference. Um, there's a song called uh, dear slim by KJ five, two rapper, oh Christian rapper. I know. But okay. one of the lines in that song, it, or maybe it's part two of dear slim, but he says, everybody takes the time to hate on you, but nobody takes the time to pray for you. Now that's not the exact lyric, but it's something along those lines. And it's talking about the rapper Eminem. You know, I know he's not a Christian, so we're not eating our own in the scenario. But when people fall, these big time Christian leaders fall, are we just automatically discarding them and saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe I ever listened to them or we shouldn't ever let them do anything in a church ever again? Or 
are we actually taking the time to pray for them? Because whether they've screwed up or not, they are a brother or sister in the faith. Yeah. Is there, is there a path? And also, is there a path to restoration, man? Yeah. Like, is there a, is there a way for them to recover or, or are you acting as, you know, judge, jury, and executioner here? It's like, well, I, I think that you, you failed so far that you're irrecoverable. Yeah. Have we thought about the thief on the cross? Oh, listen, I love Alistair Begg. Did I show you that? Uh, I don't know. Alistair Begg has this thing. If you don't know who Alistair Begg is, Truth for Life or Truth of Life, I can't remember, Truth, Truth for Life Ministry, I think what it's called. Um, Alistair Begg does this uh, whole spiel about the thief on the cross. And it is the most incredible, incredible look at that scripture where basically the, th- the thief on the cross walks up to the pearly gates and he says he meets, you know, St. Peter. He does the whole talks about it. And he yeah. says, he says, uh, St. Peter starts asking him, do you know, do you know about the doctrine of grace? Do you know about, uh, he just starts asking him about all these doctrines of the thief on the cross. Like, I don't know any of this. And he goes, well, why are you here? He goes, I don't know why I'm here. Mm. And he says, he said, and, and St. Peter looks at him and says, well, we got to know why you're allowed in. And the, he says, the thief on the cross only response is because he didn't even say the, the guy's name. He says, because the man on the middle cross said I could come. Mm. And man, it gives me chills just thinking about that. Like, that, that picture of true grace, this guy lived a horrid life literally up until the point of his last breath. Mm-hmm. And there was enough grace in the cross of Christ that he's allowed in. Mm-hmm. If Jesus will do that with eternity, aren't we supposed to imitate Christ in the same way? Yeah. Here? In, in the here and now? As best as we know how, mm-hmm. yeah. Protect your flock. Make sure nobody gets hurt. Make sure nobody does anything. Like if somebody hurt your hurt your church and you had to ask them to step out of ministry or whatever, yeah. Protect protect your flock. You definitely should do that. Mm-hmm. You absolutely should do that. With that being said, what would Jesus do in the scenario? Would they just say, "Okay, I, I protected my flock. Get out. You're done," mm-hmm. or would he say? You're a part of the flock, too. Mm-hmm. And I think the answer is, because he did it on the, on the cross, with the thief on the cross, you're a part of the flock, too. You're, you're disqualified for now. Mm-hmm. You know? That's, that's, She's going to stray. Yeah, they're going to run astray. And they're going to be dumb, man. They're going to be so stupid. I can't tell you how many people I know have done dumb stuff. Yeah. But God can bring them back. Mm. And if you are called to be an imitator of him, you are required to do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, the last little bit about the ugly of the theologically sound worship camp. Get the yay nay or pray. Mm-hmm. We need we get a meeting in a little bit. <laughs> um our uh, and I'm gonna say our, okay? Our hot takes often lead to ruined relationships, disgust by new believer or from new believers and non-believers and barriers. Mm-hmm. Your take when you get on a social media platform, when you get on Twitter, when you get on Instagram, when you hop on your reel, when you when you hop on TikTok whatever and you just go off on somebody. You are helping no one. 
You are ruining relationships. You are building disgust and dissension amongst the body Mm -hmm. and building barriers to people potentially coming to Christ. Mm -hmm. Now, that's one side of that coin. The other side of the coin is if you will handle your opinion with grace and humility, those same people that you are going to ruin a relationship with, build disgust with, or build a barrier with, you can actually build a relationship with. They can grow to love you because you revealed truth to them. And they, can, they know that you can be approached because there's no barrier between them. It's all in the way that you handle it. Yeah. Let's quit the hot take. Let's quit flexing our theological muscles. Prowess. Yeah. And learn to look at the person that we disagree with with the same eyes as Jesus did. Mm-hmm. And, and not fall in love with being correct as much as we are with falling in love with ensuring the salvation of that person. Yeah. Be willing to have conversations and discussions, which I think differ from debates. Yes. You know, ask questions. Try to understand more about their side. Be willing to share your side, and you know. Again, again, if it's one of those, if it's one of those theological points where they're just way, 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 way off, like it's not just like denominational differences. It's like they're clearly just getting this out of left field. Address that, but address it with humility, with grace, and be willing to walk away without from the conversation without them changing their mind. Yeah. Because it's not your job to change their I've mind. I've hurt too many people, too many relationships arguing over homosexual marriage because of the way I debated it. Mm. I didn't say anything incorrect, well, I, but I, I don't think I said it correctly. I may have interrupted you. No, you're fine. Um, you, said, you said you ruined so many relationships. Oh, 100%. So Ty- 100%. So Tyler's saying that he had debates with people about homosexuality that he ruined the relationship. I got off of Facebook for like four or five years because of how many hot takes I had. And I realized it wasn't doing any good. Yeah. Do you just ask yourself the question? Do you want to go to that place? You're talking to two people that have been in that place. Yeah. Okay. Don't hear this as we're from a different camp and we're casting stones. That's not what it is. <laughs> we were, we were in your camp. Yeah. We were. Um, grace, and grace, still grace. are, and still are in many ways. And one day we're going to talk about the model that you and I talked about with the, <laughs> the gelatinous pool and the dye and all this kind of stuff. One day we're going to talk about that. And it's a deep metaphor. It is a deep metaphor. Maybe that'll be a podcast in and all in and of itself. But, um, so that's kind of the ins and outs of theolog the quote unquote theologically sound worship, uh, crew. There's some good in it, but also some bad, but also some ugly. Okay. Be careful. Be careful. All right, yay, nay, or pray. So this is uh, the song we're going to do today is Shalom by Bridge Worship, and um, uh, the, the artist that's singing it is Setnik Sine. Um, so Who's this, a friend of yours, right? He is Setnik. a friend. He's a friend of mine. Setnik and I went to college together at North Greenville University. Shout out NGU. In South Carolina, In South no Car- doubt. 100%. <laughs> the, the true and better state. Um, South South Carolina, the true and better. (laughs) Yes, that's right. That's right. Um, 
So uh, anyway, uh, Setnick leads this song with Bridge Worship. He sings with, I think, several different groups. There's another group in Nashville I think he sings with as well. But he's just a just an awesome guy. Um, I learned a whole lot from him while I was at North Greenville. Um, just about worship leadership, how to lead and what not to do and what to do. He has no idea that I think that way about him. But there you go, Setnick, if you're listening to this. Probably not. Um, I'll send him the link. But this song, Shalom, is new. It's, a, it's fantastic. I'll go and tell you it's a yay for us, I think, because we're going to do it in a few weeks here yeah. at our church. But listen to sure listen, hope so. <laughs> listen to the lyrics. Listen to the lyrics. It says, you don't ever run out of goodness. All of your intentions reach their end. Wow. You always follow through with what you say and do. Oh, Lord. The wind and crashing waves, they bow to what you say. Oh, Lord. Um, verse 2, you don't run away from what's broken. You will put the pieces back in place. And I know there's more you're longing to restore. And the, the chorus is, you are a fortress for the weak, my covering. You are the refuge I seek. I'm under you. Shalom, shalom, shalom. You're my peace. Shalom, shalom, shalom. Just such good lyrics. And the bridge, and all I, all I do is worship you. I will trust and stand firm. Watch you move. All I do is worship you. I believe you will see me. Mm. Just such good lyrics. Um, I honestly, Bridge Worship, don't take this the wrong way. Never heard of you until <laughs> I was listening to Apple Music and I saw my 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 brother's name pop up and I was like, oh, Setnik. And then I I started researching it. This is this is a great piece. Mm-hmm. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. It's not a uh, it's not your typical it's not your prototypical worship song. I don't think. Um, there's not a lot of percussion in it. Yeah, I think instrumentally, it it. I was listening to it to get, because I do want to talk about the music piece too. I think the lyrics are the most important for this podcast, but I want to talk about the musical piece a little bit too. Um, I thought it was like an interesting. They f- somehow found a blend between bare but full. Yes. Um, I do. I do like. I was listening to it. It seems like a pretty chill song, but the tempo is actually fairly quick. So you could turn this into kind of a high, a little bit more higher energy. Like if you needed to start it earlier in the service, you could add a higher energy like intro to it, um, which I really, really liked. It had a good flow. But yeah, well, you're right. There's not it's it's not your prototypical instrumentation. Well, you could do like what we do pretty regularly with our our stuff, where we'll, we'll add impacts in, or we'll we'll add builds in, or cuts where everything just bottoms out, and it's it's just the the vocals for. Mm-hmm. Two beats and then the band comes back in. I mean, there's a lot you can do. It's very because they wrote it so. It, it's deceptively, it's deceptively stripped. You 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 think there's not a lot going on, but if you if you take the vocal out of it and listen to what the instruments are doing, there's a lot of, of guitar effect going on. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of layered synth going on. There's a lot of, um, of effect affect piano there's a lot of distance in the sound like mm-hmm. it's it it sounds like the song is in this cavern yeah and you know it's like one of those places where you walk into it and you clap and you hear you hear the clap go for like five seconds mm-hmm. right that that's what this song sounds like it's absolutely incredible um i cannot wait to do it in a few weeks here at spotswood um if i can be a little nitpicky just for a sure sec. this is not this is nothing wrong with the song um this is something I'm challenging myself on more as a worship leader is when they talk about, and all I do is worship you. 
uh, which is in the bridge. They say, all I do is worship you. All I do is worship you. All I do is worship you. I only struggle with that just a tiny bit because I don't always only worship God. Um, it's kind of, it, so, so it's more, it's more of a, not, not a, not me tearing down the song. It's more of a challenge to myself. How can I change my heart posture to where I'm always worshiping the Lord? It's, it's like the, when you talk about, you, you have any song that's like, and I lift my hands, but nobody in the congregation right. moves. Yeah. They just stand there and stare at you. It, so, um, so it almost feels like, uh, like in those songs seems like slightly disingenuous, but I think it's, that should be a challenge to ourselves. How can we put ourselves in a place? So contextually, can we talk about context for a second? Yeah. The way, if you read this, the way that it, the way it was written, shalom, shalom, shalom. You're my peace, shalom, shalom, shalom over me. So he, the, the person singing it, is, they're saying, peace, 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 you're my peace, peace, mm-hmm. peace, peace over me. And when I ex- basically what they're saying is, when I experience that peace, all I want to do is worship you. Yeah. And, and when I experience that peace, I will trust and stand firm. I will not move. I am s- standing on this rock, and I will watch you move how mm-hmm. you want to. That's what they're saying. I think. A lot of times, uh, when the 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 pitfall. I've used pitfall a lot today. The pitfall of worship music is is it's hard to hear the song in the context of a spoken sentence while you're singing it or while you're listening yeah. to it because you're just hearing this phrase over a long period of time. So a lot of times you'll view a phrase with no punctuation mm-hmm. and no real order, and you just view it as an isolated phrase. So it's really easy to see all I do is worship you and think that you're saying all I do is worship you. That's, yeah. that's not, I don't yeah, think yeah. that's the intention here. Yeah, and if we, if we think about songs in general, especially worship songs, they are snapshots. You have, you know, a lot of songs repeat themselves, so maybe you have, you have a five-minute time frame to say what you need to say and to try to ingrain it in your heart. So I totally agree with what you're saying. Okay, so big yay on Shalom by yay. Bridge Worship. Shout out to my brother, Setnik Sine, once again. So good, bro. So, so good. Um, all right. If you have any questions about us, uh, feel free to go check us out on social media at Spotswood Creative. Um, if you have any any questions you want to ask us, uh, email us at spotswoodcreative at spotswood.org. That comes to our entire worship staff. Uh, all of us can check it, and we will get back to you here on the podcast. Hopefully, if it's something that we can talk about, we will. Um If you have any questions about Spotswood Baptist Church, spotswood.org. Go check that out. Um, But I think, Tyler, I think it's it's time to wrap this thing up. You ready? I'm so ready. All right. So, Tyler. I just want to say, y'all, keep it 100. Mm -hmm.